Hello, Crossroads and guests. This is Pastor Lee. We're so glad that you've tuned in to our podcast today. I want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out my blog at pastorlee.org, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope the message today inspires and encourages you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. Open our hearts for what the Lord has for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you are, for all that you do. Lord, as we come here today to celebrate your resurrection, let it sink deep into our heart who you are, what you've done, what it means to us. Lord, we ask that over these next 10 weeks that you would help us grow closer to you in every possible way. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. So the the new series here is called In His Steps, and we're going to be going 10 weeks. Uh, It's a long series, uh, but 10 weeks of discipleship where we're going to look at 10 different things that Christ did uh, that we want to do in our life in order to be a, a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? And, uh, and so I, wa- I just want to remind you that when we walk in his steps, then we are filled with all that he has for us and all that he is for us. Amen? Uh, a lot of times we think, well, I-, I want all that God has for me, but we don't walk in his steps. We have to learn how to walk in his steps. If you go through the Bible, everything is in Jesus' name. Everybody say that, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> when, when you talk about somebody's name, it represents something. It represents who they are. And so when we say in Jesus' name, what we are saying is that everything that we have, everything God wants to give to us, everything that, 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 that we pray about is in Jesus' name. If it doesn't match up with his lifestyle and his character, then we're not in Jesus' name. And so we need to learn how to walk in his steps, and that's what the next 10 weeks are about. This morning, I'm going to get into John chapter 12 um, and, uh, and share this passage with you for just uh, a moment there. And... Um, And kind of walk through that a little bit. John chapter 12, verse 20. Now, this is an interesting time. Jesus is getting ready, preparing for what is going to be his crucifixion. And some people come and they want to see him. They want to meet him. They want to talk to him. And so let's read there together. John 12, 20. Now, there were some Greeks among them, those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethaiza in Galilee, with a request, Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and, uh, and Philip in turn told Jesus. And so what's happened here is somebody, these, these guys, these were Greeks. They had converted to become Jews, and now they have heard about Jesus, and they want to see Jesus. And now we hear Jesus' answer. So they said, Jesus, there's some guys over here who want to see you. And here's how he answers. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. My soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, speaking of the crucifixion. And then he says, no, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven came 
saying, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there heard it and said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. Now I want you to see these people want to see Jesus. And Jesus gives this long answer. Have you ever prayed to God and wish he'd just give you a simple answer? Just yes, no, that's all I need, right? Instead, he says, go and read Exodus. <laughs> and, and, and he gives this big, long answer. Jesus is not always uh, succinct. And, it's, and so they say, we want to see Jesus. And he goes on this long thing about being a seed and fruit. And what are you talking about? Now, we have the advantage that we have his words written and we can look at it. But this is his answer to anybody who wants to see Jesus. My, my question to you today is, do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to see his glory? I don't mean do you want to go to church. I, I don't mean do you want to be religious. I don't, I don't mean do you want to, uh, you know, read a few scriptures. I mean do you want to see the glory of the almighty God in your life? Do you want to see the miracles, the power? Do you want to understand the peace? Do you really want to see the glory of God? Amen? And, and that's what they're asking. And, and, and so the scripture here, he goes into this, and, and the answer to this question, if you really want to see the glory of God, he gives us the answer right here. And it's wrapped up in this conversation between God the Father and God the Son. And so we're going to walk through that a little bit. Uh, the answer to their request is, is in this conversation, and, and, and God says, that was for your benefit, not for me. And so I want to suggest to you today this conversation where, where Jesus says, Father, glorify your name, and then a voice from heaven, the Father says, I have glorified it, and I'm going to glorify it again. And then Jesus said, that wasn't for me. I already know all that stuff. You know, Jesus and God are pretty tight, so they, he already knew everything. He said, this is for you, and it's for us today. Amen. And so whenever God speaks and says, uh, says something, it is for us today, and I want to walk through that. Uh, they say, we want to see Jesus, and Jesus said, it's time for me to be glorified. Everybody say glorified. glorified. Now, the word glory is an interesting word. Glory means reputation. It means what people think of me. When, when Jesus said, I'm about to be glorified, he's saying there's about to be something that happens that changes how people see me and understand me forever. And so ever since this, this uh, day when he was crucified and then he rose again, the opinion of the whole world about who Jesus is has changed. Jesus is in all of the major religions. Christianity is the only religion that sees him as the son of God, but he is in, in Islam. He is a, a prophet for Hindus. He is a prophet uh, for all the different religions. And, and so there are some that hate him, but overall, the entire world has a very positive idea about the person of Jesus. The world right now doesn't necessarily like Christians, but the world would agree that Jesus was a good person, a good man. And so he said, I'm about to be glorified. Something's about to happen. And, and he said, I'm going to be lifted up. Jesus is about to become the center of Jerusalem, the center of Israel, the, the center of, of our earth, the center of the cosmos. The Bible says that the demons are watching. And the Bible says that when God allowed Jesus to die and rise up from the grave, he made a fool out of the demons. He said, I have made a spectacle out of them because they thought they were going to win, and I whooped them anyway. 
Amen? And, and so he becomes the center of everything. And, and everything that God has ever done from the very beginning, the way he created creation, I, I think about they are finding, they just found a black hole in space. Did y'all know that? I don't know what that means. I just read it. Oh, they found a black hole. I don't, I don't know what that, why did it take us so long to find it? It's always been there. You know, then every now and then they say, well, there's, there's a new star out there. I'm thinking, well, a star is like the sun. That's a pretty big thing. Fire. Why did it take us so long to find that? And you start thinking, well, he, when he created, he did it in six days, and then he was done. Because on the seventh day, he said, I rested. So everything that we're still finding today, he did a long time ago. Amen? And, and why did he do that? So we could find it in 2019. Black hole, been there for that long, hiding. We found it. And what does it tell us? It tells us that God is bigger than what we realize. You see, everything he's done from, from creation has been to reveal to us he is bigger, he is more wise, he is more powerful than anything we ever thought he could be. Amen? Every time they find a new species of animal, every time they find something else in space, it's a reminder, oh, we thought God was right here, but really he was right here. And then we find something, oh, really he was right here. And we begin to understand that our understanding of God will never reach the full potential, we'll never really know. And the Bible says, I know him now in part. When I get to heaven one day, I will know him in full. But right now, everything we know about God is limited, but he is constantly trying to say, here I am. This is me. Look up at the stars. When you see the stars, I'm holding them all in place. If I can hold them in place, I can take care of your grocery list. Amen? And, and, and when the stars are, think about all the meteors and everything, and everything humans have done. We put up all those satellites and stuff, and I think, how are they not hitting each other? And God said, if I can manage that traffic, I can keep your family reunion at peace, too. Amen? Amen? Everything he's trying to do from creation to the prophets, to the birth of Jesus Christ, to the church, to the Holy Spirit, to, to the Bible. He's saying, here I am. If you want to see the glory of God, he's not hiding from you. He's saying, here I am. Here I am. The Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. Amen. Amen? Now, if you're not really seeking, then he is hidden. But when you make up your mind and your heart that you want to see the glory of God, you want to truly see all that he is in your life, he said, when you look for me with all your heart, you will find me. He's not hiding. He's not out there in the backyard. He's not hiding out in another building. He is right out here in the open. You just got to get your heart right. When your heart's right, your eyes are right, and you will see God in his glory. Amen? Amen? And, and a lot of times we forget that God is always trying to reveal himself to us. And all I'm saying to you is he is here right now. He is in your life. The Bible says he is near you, that, that he has already put himself in your spirit. Even if you're not a believer today, if you're an atheist today, God has already put his spirit inside of you so that one day when you open your ears and he says, I love you too, you'll hear it. Yeah. Amen. You want to see Jesus. Do you want to see Jesus? If we want to see the glory of God in our life, we have to understand the nature of this glory and how God is glorified. 
how Jesus is glorified. So Jesus came to live as a man. So the way that he is glorified, he is revealing to us as men and women how then we can receive the glory of God as well because he did it as a man. Y'all with me? Everybody say amen if you understand what I'm saying. Now let me get into this. In, In verse 23 there, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Everybody say glorified. And then he goes into this weird little thing. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So here we have Jesus referring to himself as a seed. Now, in the Bible, it talks about the seed of Abraham. Remember, Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham and said, I promise to give you a son. And it's through that son and through the lineage that you will be blessed and all nations will be blessed through you. And so when Christ came, he had to be in the line of David because he had to be part of that lineage. But he is the seed of Abraham. He is the seed of David. He is of that line. Amen? And so he's referring to himself as a seed. Now, here's the thing about a seed. A seed has an outer shell. Now, I'm not a farmer. I like to go and get food that's already cooked. I don't want it to work for it. You know what I'm saying? But a seed, you take a seed... In order for a seed to do anything, it has to be planted in the ground, and, and, and the terminology they use is that it, it dies. What happens, there is an outer shell on a seed, and when it goes into the ground, the chemicals in the ground begin to decompose the outer shell so that what's inside can begin to live. Amen? And so when, when it's talking, Jesus said that he is the seed and then he dies, he is letting us know there are things in our life, sin, that is like an outer shell that is keeping us from living the life that God has for us. Amen? There, there are things in us that must die in order that we might live. Amen? And so the outer shell, he, when he died on the cross, the, the outer shell, the Bible says that God took all the sin, all the outer shell of the entire world and put it upon Jesus' back so that when he died on the cross, then that outer shell died. My sin, the outer shell, got put on the cross and died. Which means now that, that when I look at my outer shell, my sin, the things that destroy me, see, the outer shell of me, it's the things that make it hard for me to get along with people. Make it hard for me to get along with my wife, to get along with my children, to get along with you. My outer shell are those things that, that cause me to lust after things that are not good for me, that I, I crave things that are going to destroy me, and I crave things that, that, that lead me down the, the wrong direction. The Bible says there is a way that, that seems right, but it only leads to destruction. My outer shell is where I hold all my grudges. It's where I stay angry. It's where I stay mad. It's where I keep a, a list of wrongs. Every time my wife messes up, I can say, let me tell you something. That's not the first time you did it yesterday and last week and last month and... Now, granted, her list for me is a lot longer, but when Jesus died, he took our outer shell and killed it, all of it, amen, all of it, the outer shell that kills our joy, it kills our peace, this outer shell that keeps us from uh, all the glory of God that keeps us from the goodness of God it keeps us from the miracles of God it got put on the cross and then it died when you put your faith in Jesus Christ your outer shell dies with him so that what is on the inside the newness of life can begin to come out amen the, the Bible says it another way 
It says that his blood covers our sin. In the Bible, the blood represents life. And so what happens, what we see on the cross, when, when the blood of Jesus begins to come out of his body and flow down on that cross where our sin has been nailed, it is a symbol that he is covering up our sin with his life so that everything that is in us that kept us from everything good is being covered up by everything good. So that now my lying and my cheating and my, all that stuff that I have done is covered up now with his purity, his honesty. It, it is being covered by grace. It is being covered in love. It is being covered forever and ever. No matter what it was, your sins have been covered when you put your, your faith in Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that can keep you. So now you break through. And like the seed, the outer shell has died. You break through so that you begin to have the joy unspeakable. And full of glory, that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding, that you have power in your life to have wisdom to know the right and to the left and where should I go and where does God want me to go, that you would have everything that he has. You are a co-heir with Christ. Mir- miracle power rests inside of you because it's all been covered. It's all been covered. Amen. The abundance of blessing. The goodness of God. I like what we're doing. <laughs> Amen. If you don't get anything else today, your past is gone in faith. He says, You are a new creation. Yeah, but you don't know me, Pastor. Last week I lied and I cheated and I robbed somebody and I, well, that was last week. You receive Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. That wasn't even you. That person is dead. Now you've been born again. A new life. Amen? Let's get into this conversation because it really enlightens us what's going on. This conversation, first Jesus says the hour has come for him to be glorified. And then he says, Father, glorify your name. So they're both being glorified. And, and you have this voice. I want to read to you out of John 17, verse 1 through 6. And Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. I want you to see that the, the, the Jesus is saying, I have finished the work. What was the work? To reveal God. He said, I I have come and I have lived a life and I have brought glory to your name. I have changed the mindset and the definition and the opinion of people about who you are. Because they saw you from the old covenant. And in the old covenant, if you didn't do everything right, then you got killed, you got put out, you couldn't be in the community. There was all kinds, it was very different. And Jesus said, I have come. They thought you were just all about punishment and I have come to reveal that you're all about love. I have changed their mind. I have revealed who you are, that you have received glory. I obeyed what you told me to do. And he says, now glorify me for obedience. 
A lot of times we look at the Son of God and we think, well, he, he sits on the throne in heaven because of who he is. He's the Son of God. Of course, where else is he going to be? But when we read in Philippians, we understand that Jesus came as a man, and as he came as a man, he had a choice. He had a choice whether to obey or to not obey. That's why the Bible says he was tempted in every way, because he had a choice. He took all of his glory from heaven, and he set it to the side, and he said, I will come and live as a man so that I understand what they go through. So that I will understand their temptation and how hard it is. And the Bible says he was tempted in every way, but he never sinned. But he felt all the pressure. He felt everything. And and so he came and lived, and he had a choice, and he chose to glorify the Father. He said, you have sent me here to love people, to heal people. I mean, how many times did he try to go to sleep and crowds would follow him? How would you like going to sleep at night and wake up 10,000 people in your room? Say, can you do something for us, a little miracle, please? Say, let me sleep. He'd have to go off in the middle of the night to rest because they followed him everywhere. And, and, and he was always there, and people would say, I want to be part of your group. He said, you need to understand there was no rest in this because people need God, and I'm here to reveal the glory of God, and he is there for them, and I will heal them, and I will touch them. I will touch lepers that no one else wants to touch, and I will sit down with tax collectors that everybody hates, and I will be a friend of prostitutes who everybody dismisses. I will love everybody in order that they would see that God is truly love. And here he's saying, Father, I have done what you asked me to do. Now glorify me as I was before I came. Amen? I want you to see that the Father glorified the Son then in Philippians. It says that he gave him the name above every name, that he set him on the throne of heaven. And it doesn't say because you are my son, I will set you here. It says because you were obedient to me even unto the point of death, that even as you hung on the cross as as your way of revealing how much I love the world, you chose to die. I sent you to die, but you chose to die in order that they might see that I truly love them. And, and, and God is saying, because you did it, because you were obedient, not because you're my son, not because your name is Jesus, not because you came from him, but because after you came, you chose to say, I will die for them. And, G, and, and, and the scripture says, because he chose that, God lifted him up and he said, I have put your name above every name. And I've set you on the throne of heaven. And he says, one day, every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Now, if Jesus the Son was glorified because he obeyed, and what did he obey? He obeyed in glorifying the Father. Then we have to understand if we want to see the glory of God in our life, we have to live in a way that glorifies the Father. Amen? If, if we want to see the glory of life, we must live to glorify the Father. Let me ask you something. When, when people say your name, what do they think? If, if I say the name to you, Tiger Woods, what do you think? Golf. If I, if I say Michael Jordan, what do you think? I don't know what y'all just said there. I think somebody said underwear, somebody said basketball. <laughs> I'm not sure. <clears throat> we'll just move on. We'll move on from there, Okay. You know, if I say Billy Graham, what do you think of? Right. If, if I say your name, what do people think of? You see, we're going to glorify something. We're going to glorify something. 
No matter what we do, we're going to glorify something. We're we're going to live our life according to what's most important to us. And by living our life as if that thing is the most important, then we are attempting in an indirect way to get people to say, yeah, that thing is really great. If you live your whole life and all you're doing is trying to make money, then you're going around indirectly saying money is great. Money is everything. If you're living your life as if sex is the best thing ever and that's all you need in life, then you are glorifying sex. If you're living just to get high, just to escape, whether it's alcohol or whatever it is, if you're doing that, then you're walking around saying, that's the best thing. Everybody should do this. If you're walking around and and you exude control, just trying to control everybody with your anger and your bitterness, saying, if they don't do it your way, then you lash out and and you're trying to control, then you are glorifying control. And how can God glorify you if you're living a life that doesn't glorify him? See, so many of us saying, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see your power. I want to see your miracle. I need you. I need, I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need, I need your peace. I need you. But then we don't want to walk in his steps. And we don't live a life that glorifies him. What do people think when they say your name? Do they think, oh, he, he, he loves ice cream? Do they, do they think he's a good man? He's a violent man? Do they think he's a shady character? Do they think he's honest? Do they think she's sneaky? Is he a party animal? Is he godly? Is he a prayer warrior? See, when somebody says your name, whatever they conjure up in their mind about your character, that's what you're glorifying if they know you. And we want to be a people that glorifies God. Amen? We're not going to see the glory of God in our life until we are, as long as we are glorifying other things. Amen? None of those things can save you. Money can't save you. I've heard people say, you know, money, money can't do everything, but it can do some things. Okay? question is what you do with it but in the end money can't make you happy money can't make your marriage better money can't give you peace all the things of the world they can't save you they can't give you joy through the hard times they can't give you peace in the middle of the storm they can't give you rest in your soul when everything is crazy and chaotic when everything's going wrong and you're feeling all kinds of pressure and I don't know what to do and everybody's leaving and, and nobody's here for me and you feel all alone, there is nobody that can change that except the Holy Spirit of God and he gives you rest. Amen? Everything else that we glorify in, in the world, it has to do something. It has to change the circumstance for us to do it. In order for money to be something, we got to go and buy something. That's why people are addicted to buying stuff. And, and for food, in, in order for food to make me feel better, I got to eat it. Amen? Or at least see a bluebell truck driving by. You know what I'm saying? Just, just the sight of it. But in the end, it's only God. It's only God. Amen? If you're not walking in his steps, but you need to see his glory, then you need to change where you're going. Change how you're walking. Change your footprints. Amen? Now, to see the glory of God, we must glorify the Father as Jesus glorified the Father. I want to talk about three things. I'll be done. Everybody say, yeah, right. 
<laughs> Verse 23, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many what? Seeds. Now, the last time I checked, when I plant a seed, it produces a tree or a flower or some kind of plant. And we know that's the truth. Amen? But Jesus said, he, he, he skipped over his step. He said, when, when the Son of Man, the seed of Abraham, dies and rises again, it will produce many seeds. And, and the scripture says that now spiritually the children of Abraham are now the seed of Abraham. If you're a believer here today, then you are the same seed that is Jesus. That's why we are his body. And so now we are the seed of Abraham. Amen? And, and he says, when I die, I will produce more seeds. You're the more seeds. That's you. That's me. But what does a seed do? It dies. You see, if we want to glorify the Father, then we have to understand that we have become the seed of Abraham in the likeness of Jesus Christ, and we must die. I don't mean physically die, but I mean that what Jesus did on the cross where he killed our outer shell, now he says, I have released power into your life so you don't have to live according to that outer shell anymore. You have been set free from the power of sin. You can say no to every single temptation. You can do what I ask you to. You are not in bondage to your addiction, not in bondage to your depression. You're not in bondage to anything but me. Amen. To glorify the Father, we must die to ourself. When Jesus was in the garden, he didn't want to endure the pain of the cross. But the Bible says, for the joy set before him. You know what the joy was? This. People that have been set free by the gospel of Jesus Christ, whose souls have been saved, who have gotten a touch of the Holy Spirit to help them get through the issues of life. You, you have not been overcome, but you are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. Amen? And, and, and the thing is, if I'm going to die to myself, there comes a point where I have to choose to suffer in order to do what's good for somebody else. That's the crux. It's when somebody needs you, and in order for you to help them, you have to sacrifice something else. Then that's where everything begins, because you can say, well, I got to take my selfishness and put it on the cross. And I got to take my pride, and I got to put it on the cross so that I can swallow my pride and go and help somebody and do and, and be there for them. It, it, even if you want to, somebody stops you and says, well, you pray for me out in the middle of the, the grocery store. I've told you this story before. I, I was going down the grocery store, and this lady met me and said, oh, you're, you're a pastor, and and." Somebody said, yeah, he's been having trouble. Will you pray for him? This lady, Lord, come down. We were right by the green beans. <clears throat> I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know, was the earthquake going to come? Or, you know, I, and she began to pray. And here I am, a pastor, and I'm like, I'm kind of embarrassed you're praying so loud. See, I had to swallow my pride. I had to take my pride and put it up here and say, you know, for me to commune with my Lord is more important than what these people think of me. I don't even know them. I don't even know them. Amen? And, and, and so that's what's happening, that's how my outer, so I have to choose to do that. Now, you know there are things that seem right in your life that you think these things are good that are really causing a problem. There are things in your life right now today that are causing problems. A lot of them are written up here. 
whether, whether it's your anger, whether it's your jealousy, whether it's your lust, whether you're holding a grudge. There are a lot of things up here that are messing up relationships, they're messing up your happiness, they're keeping you from the glory of God, the outer shell's being reconvened even though Christ had tried to take it away from you, and it's destroying everything. And, and what God is saying is you need to die to that. You need to die to that. Amen? If you want to see the glory of God, you've got to die to self. Amen? All right, let me keep going. I got two more, more or less. Jesus died like a seed, went into the ground, and three days later he rose again. That's why we're here today. Amen? Do you know that's why Christians meet on Sundays now instead of Saturday? It's because every time you come to church, you're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every time we get together, it is a celebration of what he did. Not that he is dead, but he is alive. Amen? Aren't you glad this morning that our God is alive? Amen? Now, I want you to think of what he did. He, he, went, he, went, he died. He went into the earth. The Bible said he went into the belly of the earth for three days. Went and preached to the spirits, the Old Testament spirits, about who he was. And then it says that he rose again. Now, when he rose again, I want you to think about this, if this had been you. I've been walking around for 33 years with these people, and they will follow me everywhere, and they won't let me sleep, and they all want miracles, and, and you know, I got to feed this 5,000 and feed that 5,000. And then the disciples are like, can we please sit on your right hand? Can we be the best? Can we be the best? Can you give us a promotion? And right before Jesus was about to die, uh, James and John's mother, this is, this is a lesson for Mother's Day. Maybe I should wait. And this mother comes up and said, will you please let my boys be the best? Let them sit on the right and left hand. I would have said, woman, I'm about to die. Why are you worried about your kids right now? Don't you see I'm about to, I'm stressed out. I got blood sweating out of me, and you, you're worried about your boys. Can you imagine? And so Jesus said, I did it. I glorified you. I died. I went to the ground. I preached to people back then. And now I come back. Now I'm ready to go home. I want to go back home to heaven and sit on my throne and let the angels sing and rest. God said, no. You're going to walk around, show everybody your scars, do some more miracles. People are going to doubt you. People are going to lie about you. People are going to say all kinds of things about you. But he lived and he went around and he ate and he celebrated and he loved people. And he said, I want you to see death didn't kill me. I'm still here. Amen. Amen. Death didn't kill me. I'm still here. Amen. You see, if you want to see the glory of the Father... Not only do you have to die to self, you've got to start living in the new life. You've got to break out of the dirt, break out of the earth, break out of whatever's been keeping you down and move past it. There are many of us here today that know exactly what you need to do. You need to get right with the Holy Spirit. You need to get into the Word of God. You need to start praying instead of complaining. You need to start praying for your husband instead of yelling at him. You need to start treating your wife like she ought to be treated instead of cheating on her. There are all kinds of things. We know what we ought to be doing. Now it's time to do it. eh? Let all that stuff die. Let that die so that you can live in the newness of life and change your life and change your marriage, change everything. Amen? Don't, don't, don't let the issues of this life keep you in the ground. 
Rise up. He has created you to be more than an overcomer in all things. He's created you to have a beautiful life, a beautiful time, a beautiful existence where love and mercy and peace is flowing. So everywhere you go, the love of God follows you and miracles are happening and everything good is. Why? Because he's inside of you. But you got to choose to do it. You got to choose to live. Amen? Jesus came up out of the grave and if he came out, we ought to come out too. Amen? The last thing, the last thing, more or less. (laughs) We see this conversation with Jesus and the Father. To glorify God, you need to talk to God more. In private and in public. In private and in public. Amen? Because if all you do is talk about God in public... People are going to see through that real quick because you don't have a real relationship with him. Amen? If you, if you treat your wife like dirt at home and then take her out for dinner and act like she's the best thing ever, she's going to know you're just playing games. Amen? Come on, ladies. Amen? <laughs> you're all mad at me because of the Mother's Day thing, aren't you? <laughs> That's all right. I don't, That's all right. You got to have public conversations with Christ that are based on your public, your private conversation. You got to learn how to pray. You got to get right with God. And then you can't be ashamed of him. And wherever you go, you need to be able to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power for salvation. It's the power for sanctification. It's the power of resurrection in my life. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. I want to ask you just to to close your eyes and all this, all that we've talked about today and receiving and seeing the glory of God in your life begins with a private conversation with him. And even though we are come together here in your heart, you can speak to him. And if you have never received him as Jesus Christ, then everything I've said today is nothing. It all begins when you receive him as your Lord and Savior. And we do that with a simple prayer. And I just want to ask you to repeat with me. I'm going to ask everybody. I don't want anybody embarrassed. But if you have never done this or if you're coming back to God, say it with all your heart. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you're the God of the Bible. You are the God who loved me enough to die for me that my sins would be forgiven so come into my heart by your Holy Spirit help me live a godly life I receive your forgiveness for all my sin and today I make you my Lord and Savior and everybody said together amen amen give the Lord a praise offering this morning amen Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.